Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in once again. Always a pleasure to hopefully provide some entertainment, insight, or uh, just help you get through the day. Uh, We're always big on the entertainment side of things. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what we're told. (laughs) But it is, we are recording. It is Father's Day weekend. We are in the midst of... Admittedly, we're recording this on Friday night. This is how Zeke and I like to spend our Friday nights just together at his house with some microphones. Well, and, I, and also, admittedly, uh, we, we had hoped to do a uh, a 19th hole version of a show, but apparently the, the dad's drinking bourbon Father's Day golf outing got 86 this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and shoot for that next year. I know. I bought the portable recorder. I was going to take it out of the course. We were going to have outtakes and... All sorts of things. Like I was, I was getting my Peter Faraday impression ready, so I could describe you taking a shot. Oh, that'd be interesting. Nice, proper voice, slow speaking. As he gets the ball, cussing, 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 and somebody in the back going, "Baba boy!" <laughs> I was thinking, "Well, that's a four. <laughs> But we are in the midst, by this time next week, somebody will have won our Father's Day kind of gift-giving day of of dads drinking bourbon on Instagram. And I just want to take a second and thank you all the people that were involved in that. So our friends at Spirit Sense, our friends at Supreme Whiskey Stones, our friends at Barrel Down South, and of course, Zach over at the Whiskey Smiths. Thank you guys for contributing to that. Zeke. Thank you for contributing some samples to that. I'll be contributing some samples. We'll be giving out a glass. So whoever won, we don't know who it is yet, but whoever won, thank you for playing. And and thank you for spreading Dad's Drinking Bourbon on Instagram. And we hope you enjoy. And on the note of samples uh, from a few shows back, as soon as John gets me that pick leg, I've, I've got my two done. And, and John runs the randomizer as well. I'm not that smart. Well, by the time this comes out, we will have picked because I'm going to bring it over for Sunday. So we are recording again. For those of you, it is summer. We do have some things going on. So we're going to record a lot this weekend. We are taking advantage of Father's Day weekend and trying to record some extra shows so that we could fill in for vacation and all that other fun stuff. So uh, expect... Some more episodes that came from this weekend that we are going to try to make untimely. So they they are not time specific. All of you have sent us some really good samples and we thank you for that. We have some from our friend Eric Black, some from our friend Sam Clark. We have some from our friend Ryan Peasley. He sent us some. So there are some uh, great samples we have from some people that we are going to taste. Eric Black actually sent us a blind so we're hoping to kind of do that in a quick hitter, 19th hole episode, not necessarily from the golf course, but just some some extra drinks that we'll release as a bonus episode sometime. So Eric, thank you for sending us those. But we have a lot on the docket for tonight, and we want to get to them all. So Zeke has been, <laughs> for a long time, I will let you kind of describe this, but you had Cooper's Craft, which is a brown form and release, and just a little bit of background on this. They released it a couple years ago, more as a 
a cocktail drink, not necessarily a stand-alone drink. I think they were expecting that to be a little bit more of a mixer. I mean, it's 82.2 proof. It's not the highest proof thing that Brown Foreman has, but it is out of a toasted wood barrel, and it got your mind going, right? Back to that a little bit. I was home probably a month or so ago now. A buddy of mine brought it. I honestly never had it before. Ended up having several pours off of his bottle uh, throughout the evening, especially as the uh, bottle of Kentucky Spirit I had seemed to disappear. And I don't know. You know, it's one of those things you have randomly. You've already had a few pours. You never know how accurate the palate may or may not be. But, you know, you think to yourself, this isn't amazing, but I mean, it damn sure doesn't taste bad. And so after that, you know, the mind kind of wandered and I hit John up. I'm like, all right, what else is toasted? I know there's Michter's. You know, what else is out there? Not to interrupt you, because I want to let you finish. Just like Kanye let Taylor finish. Some of my favorite things are the phone call. When when your mind's racing, you call me and you go, hey, what's what goes with this? Like, what what, what else is, is out there that is like this? So we, we probably talked about this one for a good two, three days, though, because we kept racking our brain, and there's only one thing we could really think of, right? That's all I could really find other than Woodford double oak. I think the second time that it gets the oak for the double, they put it in a toasted barrel instead of a, a fully charred one. Unfortunately, John polished off his bottle before I had this uh Well, my father helped. Well, either way, it got wiped out. Neither of us <laughs> wanted to pony up behind another one at this point in time. Our money's tied up in Whistle Pig <laughs> right now. Yeah, so... So what's the one that you decided that, or we decided that, that we should put up against the Cooper's Craft? So I did have uh, about half of a Michter's Toasted that's been hanging out for a little bit. I think I actually got this from John some ages ago. If nothing else, we decided that'd be a pretty good back and forth. Seeing as one of these is, is less than $30 a bottle. And the Michter's Toasted, I mean, where is it now? Secondary, 175 150 or more? It's know. at least 160 So It's up there. Retail. It's not cheap. No. No, not cheap at all. Retail on it was $50. It's probably up in the 160s, at least 150 right now. And that's because it's not being made anymore. So they released it in 14 15 16 It has not been released again. You guys have seen the Toasted Barrel Rye that came out last year. We did review that back when we were doing more video content. But the the toasted bourbon or the toasted barrel finished bourbon has not come out in a few years. So that stuff is, I think I have one bottle that's not open in the bunker somewhere. But that is some stuff that is not easily attainable. So I think the cool thing with this is that we can almost take like we try to do like we when we put up your know, old rip versus an owa pick or we put up stag junior versus stag it's almost like can we find a value play with this one right indeed and that's always one of our uh, top objectives is to uh, you know find things where especially folks will see stuff on secondary and the may or may not have had it get to you know thinking late night itching wondering scratching uh, we, we try to minimize how many itches you scratch and hopefully leave a little more money in the wallet when you wake up i don't think this one will be pound for pound equal there might be a difference in taste i mean going in i have a little bit of a bias that i would like the toasted better it's always good that we talk about bias before we go in because then we taste it blind and then we see if that's true or if it's been disproven it's almost like 
We do the scientific method every week on this show. We have a hypothesis. We test the hypothesis. We see if that hypothesis stays true. I would think that the toasted barrel would be a little better, but then I have to look at it. I mean, if it's straight retail and it's 30, 50, my hypothesis is that I'm going to like toasted barrel more. And if I found it retail, I get it. But once you get up into that 160 range, you really have to think about like, is it worth it? Or am I going to get close enough with the Cooper's craft? Well, I think it just depends on if, you know, somebody's going to photograph or, you know, take a picture of what you're pouring or have in your hand because you you know you're going to be seen with the Mictors toasted, not the other one, John. It just makes you look better. (laughs) I'm going to be seen with whatever's better for my wallet lately. (laughs) We've been doing this too long that I can't afford to, you know, do something for show. (laughs) Um, Laughably as well, there is um, some more Brown Foreman come this show we didn't necessarily mean to be brown foreman heavy but sometimes that's just how it works out and then this is a actually a um, a twofold blind tasting episode on that we've done that before so there'll be two two breaks two tastings well let's just do one break and then taste a lot and then we can come back and talk about everything <laughs> i mean the tape the tape deck breaks if we try to fast forward twice in an episode man we gotta get a little more what is it uh 48, went at the speed on the old school spinners. I don't, I don't know, but we're, we're stuck in 1999. We need to come <laughs> forward to, uh, well, actually, not 99. We're stuck in 1994. We need to come into 2018. The second half is the Whiskey Row stuff. There's three releases. There's the 1870, the 1897, and the 1920. They do range in proof a little bit. One... Gets up there in the the nice uh, higher range for folks that are into that. There's a bottled in bond for folks that are into that. And there's one that is just what they call, what, original? Yeah, original batch. So, you know, they really touch on every aspect of, uh, you know, the progression of of bourbon, I would say, as far as, yes, people got into high proofs at some point. Yes, there were, you know, folks that still get bottled in bond heavy just for what it stands for and means and, and that kind of throwback. And then there's just, hey... This is where we started, and then as best we can tell, that this is a good you know, replication of that. So pretty interesting if you look at it in a timepiece perspective. These vary in price slightly. They vary in proof slightly. The mash bill is the same. We'll talk about that in the tail of the tape. You know, We threw out, for, for those of you that would come back and say, okay, Statesman is in the Whiskey Row Series 2. We threw out Statesman because it is just so banana that... We feel like we would be able to pick that out easily in a blind, and it wouldn't necessarily make much sense. Thought about throwing in an old Forester single barrel, but we just, you know, we've talked about that before. We didn't think it would be, we we thought five is enough for a night, right? I would have loved to have early times in here as well, obviously. But yeah, but we know which one would have won for you, so... Well, on the blind, you know, I could have missed something. I've been on a cold streak here lately. I know. You do like that Elmer T. Lee. <laughs> that, that is one of my favorite things, that everybody still brings up the Elmer T. Lee to you. <laughs> Every dog has its day, and then sometimes they don't. And I'm thinking of giving my one of my samples in the giveaway. I'm thinking of the Elmer T. Lee from the bottle that you love. Good. I'll use the bottle I had that's from the cork tank bench. And then people will be like, man, this Elmer T is awful. So they could blind? <laughs> <laughs> that thing really is bad. Surprising so, me how bad it is. 
So that being said, let's go ahead and take our break now. We'll come back. Well, this is a very whiskey-heavy show this week. Not a lot of banter. Public service announcement. If you see Big Level in stores, pass. That, that's all we're going to say. Just just pass. Walk away. We, we firmly believe if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. So just just pass on that and keep 50 bucks in your pocket. Is that 50 it's around there. It's not. I mean, it's not overly expensive, but <laughs> you'll be awfully mad at yourself if you spend it. Can I ask you some questions that are not necessarily saying anything bad? Just the the aspect of it that you don't love: nose, taste, or finish. D. Okay. That I, being said, do what you do. Fast forward that tape. I do have one nice thing to say about it, though. You you don't want to fast forward this tape, do you? I just want to finish on a nice note. Okay, what's your nice note? It doesn't taste as bad as last year's version. Okay, that's good to know. And it does have a pretty picture of the bottle. We know how much you <laughs> love marketing. Oh, whatever. This year, Forte Buds. Zeke is all about marketing presentation. <laughs> oh, whatever. That's Zeke's favorite thing is to think about, like, what did the distillery do to... To present this bottle to the masses. This is what keeps you up late at night, not me. And now you're prolonging the fast forward. All right, do what you do. Go ahead and fast forward that tape. <laughs> ah, we'll be back shortly. Hopefully these five uh, five samples don't kill us. All right, and we are back. In the break, we had five different whiskeys. Two of them were toasted barrels. We had the Cooper's Craft 82.2 proof 41.1 ABV toasted wood whiskey. The age is not age stated, but a a Brown Foreman spokesperson said it should be about four to six years. The MSRP is 29 bucks. The mash bill is undisclosed, but it's slightly different than Old Forester. And we know Old Forester is 72% corn, 18% rye, 10% malted barley. So it's a little bit different than that. We also know that this whiskey uses a special beech and birch charcoal filter finishing process. So this is charcoal filtered, which we know is the Lincoln County method, which typically happens in a Tennessee whiskey. Interesting about that that finish, that there's some charcoal component to that as well. The next one we tasted here was the Michter's Toasted Barrel Bourbon. 91.4 proof, 45.7% ABV. It was released in October of 2014 first. We know it ran till 2016. It has not come out since. It is a white oak barrel toasted over an open flame of its own wood for 60 minutes, then aged 26 days in that barrel. The MSRP is 50. The mash bill is a big question mark, and the age is non-age stated. So does toasted over a flame of its own wood really make a difference? I don't know. I mean, really, in, in my own, uh, I guess, possible ignorance, would always assume it's just the heat from the fire that makes the difference, and then what where the wood, you know, crisp up or however you want to describe it, charge. I Post, that I mean, that's black. a great question. I just can't imagine what whatever wood is generating the fire really imparts that much of a flavor difference. Maybe I don't know. All I know is that we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Man, John, we got to update your iTunes. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, uh, all these podcast recordings are taking up too much space, and John hasn't been able to get anything new in some time. 
I'm really, you know, I'll listen to talk radio and then I listen to Kids Place Live all the time. So I listen to newer music, but it's all sung by kids. I'm baffled. You, you've never listened to the Kids Place channel yet? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's not serious. It's all kids singing popular uh, songs. And you drop serious, you can have an extra bottle a month. <laughs> serious is only 10 bucks a month. It's not doing that much. Hey, there's stuff out there. Yeah, so I could have an extra Evan Williams bottled and bond every month. I will say very randomly, and I, I will tee this up for a show later. I had Evan Williams hundred proof, it's like a, a solid white label. Yeah, at the whiskey house earlier, it was not bad by any means. No, I mean we did that whole thing. We did the bottle and bond showdown. I don't think this was bottled and bond. No, I didn't was... see it on the label. I mean, it could have been, but we, we had it. Um, honestly, I've never. I feel like most people say something to make a great old-fashioned. It's in a negative connotation. This thing had the, the, some really sweet cherry notes in the front end. Like I laughably said, this would be great in an old-fashioned. I don't mean it because it's junk. <laughs> well, we we can't go off too much because then Ryan Lay gets mad at us and says that we meander. We can't meander, Ryan Lay. We love you. <laughs> um, so... Let's get in here. You give me your guesses for the Cooper's Craft and the Michter's Toasted. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Then I will give you my guesses. You'll tell me if I'm right or wrong. And then we'll talk about tasting notes since we know apples to apples. Sounds good. I thought number left was Cooper's and number right was Michter's. And he's back, folks. (laughs) Zeke is back on the winning train. (laughs) Congratulations. I thought the left was Cooper's and the right was Toasted. Which one had the logo on the glass? I don't know which one had the logo on the glass. Why didn't you just say which was left or which was right? Because I wrote down a logo. Taste that one. That's the combined. <laughs> I always go by glass. You know this, man. You know, just write down left to right what they are. I, I always we always do order of left to right. Well, I still have all mine. Yeah, but I was trying. I thought we were going to record another oh, show, man. so I was. You really playing. got this theme of botching stuff up going strong tonight. How did I botch this one up? Well, there's the botch coming later. Well, there's a botch coming later for the old <laughs> Forester, but man, John, screw the pooch, Edwards, right here tonight, folks. So you didn't? I I didn't screw the pooch. You didn't write down which one was left or right. All right, so you had five glasses. Two of them had no logos. So the two with no logos, I put one in one blind and one in the other so they couldn't get mixed up. And then I wrote down what the logos were on the other ones to know what was what. Or it was my plan until I ran to a roadblock. Why are you overcomplicating? There's two lines. There's left to right on the first line and left to right on the second line. I didn't know where you were going to put them. I always keep them in order. I don't move them out of the order. Okay, so if anybody is listening that makes tasting boards, <laughs> I think we just need two tasting boards that fit five Glencairns each. I think that is what we need to do at this point because this is not working. I've got mine where they started. Yeah, but I was trying to clean up a little bit. Well, there's a first time I think, for everything. I think the left had the logo on it. Okay, you're right, dude. Okay. I, I'm pretty... The one that had the B on it was the Coopers. The one no logo, logo was the Mictors. Okay, then then I got it right. Anyways, I really... Spoiler alert, I messed up the whole Old, old Forester thing. We'll talk about we'll, that. We'll save that for an, uh, another laugh. So, 
Let, let's talk about this Cooper's for a second. The nose for me, I got sweet candy bubble gum with a caramel candy in there as well. I mean, it was the slightest hint of bubble gum. It wasn't overpowering. There was another pick that we were trying a little bit earlier tonight that was much more bubble gum. But I got the slightest hint of bubble gum. I mean, just a general sweetness to it on the nose. The taste for me... The way I was able to really discern these is that the Cooper's was thin. It it still had oak. The oak is definitely present. That sweet candy is present. But there was a little bit of a thinness to it. Um, the finish was not impressive, but not disappointing. It doesn't overstay its welcome, but it's kind of like a side hug to me. It wasn't a full hug. It was just a side hug. I think the Cooper's, to me, I really enjoy it i would probably enjoy it more in 90 to 100 proof or or something a little bit higher but for you know 25 to 29 bucks i don't it doesn't kill me at that price right i i think it's priced it's priced right it's got a nice oakiness to it if you can't find the mictors toasted for 160 and i know i'm kind of going into whether or not we buy it but I don't think it's a bad alternative. It just didn't weigh up to the the Michter's toasted for me. No, I was surprised honestly to see that it was you know eighty two point eight proof. It doesn't jump at you or bite you or however you want to look at it, but it's it's not muted or mundane by any means. Which I feel like at that low of a proof, most things really just get faint nose, faint palate, a flash of like oh wow, what might have been, but. It's kind of like the Four Roses yellow label to me. It's It doesn't taste... It's smooth. It's thin, but it's not... And, and I don't want thin to be a negative connotation when I said that. It's just you can tell that the proof isn't there. Yeah, and I would just say the to me the relationship to that, not so much palate by any means, but for you know 80 proof roughly on both, which the yellow label is 80, but... You get flavor at a very low proof, which is enjoyable. I mean, it's, it's noticeable and it's there and it, it's not bad by any means. Um, my notes for the Coopers, I thought it smelled like light cooked sugars. I put flash fired or fried marshmallow. I don't know. In my mind, I think like, you know, flash frying something. Um, and I don't think you can take a marshmallow and, you know, make s'mores or put it over the fire and get this effect because it's literally just like a super burst of heat just hit that thing got it almost towards dark brown but then immediately just went away there was none of its own like internal cooking and some of it gets too hot burns etc uh, i don't know maybe i played around with marshmallows and fires too much when i was a kid beyond that uh, same theme bananas foster right after the flame hits it um, not the alcohol smell, but just that fresh cookiness. I don't know. And to some degree, almost a cream brulee. We had that at my work today for some reason. Somebody put a bunch of fresh bananas on the top of it. So that could definitely be way in my opinion here. But but that's definitely uh, something that popped up in my mind for nose. It's funny. I don't want to take you off of this, but I wanted to say creme brulee. And because you and I had that very old St. Nick together... I didn't even want to use it. I got creme brulee, but I didn't even want to use it because we had that, and that was pure creme brulee. Oh, that was a, a, 
different beast and different level. Um, continuing on palette wise, I got banana runts, maybe even sweeter, just that, that banana sugary, you know, that, that taste. I've, I've got it in a few brown forming things with various labels. Similar to John's nosing, I did get a bubble gum to it. Somewhere in between the light pink, big league chew. Maybe if folks remember it, I forget what it's called. Remember that gum came in like a, um, it's called like gum by the foot or something. Supposed to like a, a tape dispenser or a, um, a, um, a tape measure. And you just kind of pull it out the tab and you tore it off. Remember that gum? It was super light pink, super sweet. I mean, I think probably the same company all made the dang things and just put them in different labels and packaging. There was a slight singe at the back. Not off-putting by any means. If anything, almost kind of refreshing to remind you you weren't just, uh, you know, drinking some form of sugar water that there was a little alcohol in there. And uh, hey, slow down a little bit there, buds. Moving onward, do you want me to continue for uh, the Mictors, John, or, or you mean to volley the ball back over the no. net, as they say? No, keep going. <laughs> All right, I'll continue to struggle with the ball. Uh, You're not struggling. I was trying to think what they call it in soccer. Oh, dribble. There you go. I'll just keep dribbling over here. Nose-wise, for the Mictors, it was a nice blend of caramel. And what I put down was almonds. It could have been a different nut probably, but just not like a, a, a sweet or peanut butter. And I don't know. Somewhere in there, it seemed more refined than the, the Coopers. And, and also had a, a, a nougat point to it. And then I got a really good whiff, and I think I probably just put all those notes together into one. It was just simply a Sunday. Vanilla ice cream, chocolate syrup on top, a caramel swirl mixed in with it, and some chopped nuts on top of that. Um, that really encompassed the entire nose for me. Palette-wise, uh, a medium brown toasted marshmallow. Probably being overly picky, but slightly more uh, more depth than the Coopers had. Again, a nice nutty profile to it. And, and this one didn't necessarily have a singe at the back. It did have some oak, which I thought probably showed a little more age. Uh, but it was very light, not off-putting, mundane, and, and just enough there to say, hey, we let this thing age for a little while at least. Hubba bubble bubble tape. Or hubba bubba bubble tape. Say that four times fast. Hubba bubba bubble tape. Hubba bubba bubble tape. Hubba bubba bubble tape. Hubba bubba bubble tape. Sounds like Missy Elliott's missing song. It's your fr- 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 the word yet. <laughs> <laughs> I put the thing down, flipped it, and reversed it. That's a lot to do at one time. And somehow when you reversed it, it still came out the same. <laughs> Are you ready for me? It could almost be a little I'm a B, too. Somewhere. I'm a B, I'm a B, Yeah. So, for this one, for me, I got sweetness is there, but it's darker than the Cooper's Craft. Not as bubblegummy, and I got sweet caramel. Ba-ba-ba. For the taste on this one, I got darker, oakier, toastier, and creamier. It's almost like... Daft Punk's harder, better, faster, stronger. And then the finish, I said it lingers, chews. It was a little bit more smack your lips than that Cooper's Craft was. It's amazing how much that 10 proof 
you know, five ABV really makes a difference. Um, and, and the finish on that one, I think lingered a little bit longer, you know, knowing that we're, we're going to be talking about the old Forester too, and not going on a tangent on this for too long. Do I, I think it's worth the 20 extra retail dollars. I don't think it's worth 130 extra dollars for retail, uh, from retail to secondary. So I think the, I think the, the Michter's toasted definitely was better for me, but I don't think I would pay the secondary price for it opposed to the retail price for the Cooper's craft. No way. Same thoughts here. Uh, literally, I mean, I wouldn't say that I would make Cooper's my, my go-to or a daily or even necessarily a, a must have on the bar, but for the price point, if you're bored one day, you don't know what to buy. You're not going to walk away with your wallet busted. And I don't think you're going to walk away with anything. You're not going to enjoy really. Unless well, you just don't like the Brown Foreman line. No. And, and what you said too is, is saying that something is good in an old fashioned is not necessarily a bad thing. I think if you are a cocktail fan and you like a little bit of that oaky or toastier flavor to it, maybe with a little bit of creme brulee and banana, then Cooper's may be your go-to. I think. Well, that if you know, people come over and you know you don't want to, especially if they're not fans of bourbon, you don't want to pour something they're just going to waste or douse water all over, etc. I mean, I don't, I don't see many people not enjoying that. You know, even if, even if they're scared of having neat bourbon, give eighty-two point eight proof and put a cube or two in there, they'll still probably get some flavor. None of it's going to be off-putting, and you're not going to feel bad if they don't like it because. 25 bucks no i mean i think it's a solid a solid bourbon for the price i think it's priced accordingly and you know i appreciate that there is a toasted wood bourbon that is accessible right now that you can go find i appreciate the fact that you know brown foreman is kind of using that that fact that they are their own cooperage and giving a little bit of homage to the fact that they are one of the only distilleries making their own barrels. So that is uh that is pretty cool too. So you know, all in all, I'd buy it. I would buy it at I'd have a bottle. Like you, I don't think I would go to it every day. But I'd have a bottle. I, I have already bought a bottle of this and finished it, but I'd I'd get another just to make sure I had one in the bar. Yeah, man. I'd- I don't even know if I'd go that far, but I'd say it's definitely not a bad purchase. And if you have that moment when you're in the store and you you want to have something you haven't had, you don't want to spend a ton of money, give this a whirl. If we're off point, certainly let us know. We always uh, appreciate the feedback. But at, at this point, unless Mictors puts out another toasted bourbon, I think it would be very hard to, to recommend copying one at the, the secondary price point. Do you think they will? I mean, I think enough people like the toasted bourbon that it would be in their best interest. I don't think it would come out at $50 now. I think you'd see it more at 75 to 80 But, I mean, if I, you would think that they would put another one out. I don't know why they wouldn't. And I think the another interesting aspect they could pursue with it, since the rye was a cash strength, and they have, at least in Kentucky, only put out a cash strength bourbon now, bring back the toasted finished bourbon up your game to cash strength not that we would appreciate it want it or endorse it but hey look what's back that everybody wanted now it's cash strength 
Oh yeah, guess what the price is? Womp womp womp. I I'd appreciate that the <laughs> bourbon was back and hope that somebody would give me a pour. I probably wouldn't appreciate the price that's coming out for. Yeah, that that would be a uh, the biggest remains to be seen factor. And it's something that we'll probably talk about on another show. But it's almost like you know the the sadness that you get knowing that Kentucky Owl Rye is coming out for two hundred dollars. And, and that's a, a conversation for a different day. And as much as we love Dixon, I, I did shed a little tear knowing that it was an extra 70 bucks this year to get Kentucky Owl Rye. Well, the only way to fight it is to leave it sitting on the shelf, which I did it for the first one, so I will for the second. <laughs> I, I really liked that rye, though. It was good. Except for when you had it blind. Well, no, I I didn't hate it. We we said we liked all of those ryes that were there. I just liked that will at four year better. Forty five dollars. I know, I know. Five, at least four of those. So let's move on to the big snafu, and <laughs> I'll I'll explain this. I will take ownership for my mistake. So Zeke brought over three samples, and I don't he, know. This may be better from my perspective since I got to see it in action. Well. I'll tell it, I'll set it up, and then you, I'll set it up, and then you knock them down. So Zeke brought over the three samples of Old Forester, and he labeled the top by date. So he labeled the tops of his sample bottles, 1870, 1897, and 1920. I poured his blinds, and I didn't put the the caps back on the bottles when I did it. So I left three sample bottles sitting on the table for Zeke. I did not tell him which one was which. So his blinds are true. My blinds are not. We we don't know what the hell was in my glass. There's double blinds. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, so I, I walk over here and <clears throat> obviously based on the, the first set of blinds I did, I, I don't do left, middle, right. I find some other random rhyme or reason to where I can remember what's, you know, where. So I look at these glasses. I figure out what I'm going to do. Then I look at the samples. I even go to pour them. I'm like, oh, wait. John left all the lids sitting right here in a nice little pile. Well, we're not going to know what any of these are. So for this one, what we're going to do is I'm going to run through the tail of the tape real quick. Zeke is going to give his guesses. I'll tell him if he's right. I will kind of talk about what I think mine were. We don't know if they were right or not, but I think there are some inferences you can make from these. But the original batch, 1870, is 90 proof, 45% ABV. It's non-age stated, but we think it's four to four and a half years. Mash is 72% corn, 18% rye, 10% malted barley. I will save you all some trouble. That is the same mash for all of these from Old Forester. And the price of this one is about $45. The bottled and bond 1897 is 100 proof naturally, 50% ABV. It is not age stated, but we know being bottled and bond that it is at least four years. The MSRP for this is $50. 1920, the Prohibition Blend is 115 proof, 57.5 ABV. It is non-age stated, said to be six years, and the MSRP for this is 60. So, Zeke, what were your guesses on this one? My guesses were that the left was the bottled and bond, 
the middle was the 1870 and the right was the 1920. The bottle in the bond in the 1870, uh, I hemmed and hawed some on, but I, I feel more confident on the right being 1920 at least. You were doing so well. I know. I went descending order of age. So the left is 1920, middle is 1897, and the right is 1870. Really? Yep. Jesus. I know. Makes you rethink how you drink. <laughs> what? <laughs> so give, give me your tasting notes on these and let's try to figure out deductive reasoning what happened. <laughs> Far left, at first, the nose honestly was missing in action. Uh, circling back around to it, it showed what I thought was a, like a banana strawberry blend yogurt parfait, something, you know, who knows. Or like taking a banana and strawberry starburst, putting one of each in the mouth, going to town. Palette wise, it was vanilla into banana, very sweet sugars uh, behind kind of like that bubblegum flavor we talked about earlier. It showed a fair warmth and some age, but neither were overwhelming or off-putting. For what I thought was 1870, very faint banana smell, almost um, if you've eaten uh, fried plantains at a you know, Jamaican restaurant, etc. You pick up the banana smell, but there's other stuff on the plate, other things going on. Uh, and, and to that, just a, a lack of vibrancy is what I put down. Palette-wise, this one really showed corn. I don't know. It, it, corn hit me more on this one than anything. And I thought it just really showed its youth. And in that, also a diminished tasting profile. Which one was that one? The right? That was the middle. The middle. So that was... Well, and when you were saying that to me while we were tasting these and I didn't give anything away to you... I was thinking to myself, well, that's the bottled and bond, so that's the one that we only know is four years. Well, at least four. I mean... Yeah, it could be more, but we, we think... Old Fitz has got an 11-year bottled and bond. They do. They also have a so, four-year. <laughs> Either way, for number right, uh, which I thought was 1920, I thought the nose smelled like drunk bananas, i.e. 115 proof, highest of the mo highest proof of the batch. That was my rationale there. Also on the palate, it showed more heat and oak. It, it wasn't overwhelming and had similar profiles to everything discussed previously, but more heat and oak were there. Then um, that was my rationale. Was there anyone that you liked out of these more than the others? Other than the corn, the other two I liked. You know, I mean, corn, it's not my thing. Um, I thought both of the two were, were enjoyable pours. Interesting, though, that the bottle and bond was not your favorite. Now, it when we did the bottle and bond challenge that we'll probably have to revisit at some point, I don't believe the old Forester made it as far as some of the other ones did. Now, for me on these, it doesn't really matter. I thought number one for me was bottled and bond. Uh, I got a little bit more oak than the other on these, but as you're kind of tasting corn, I think that's wrong, right? Um, no, the second one I said was darker, spicier. I was pretty sure it was the 1920. I got a little slight banana on this. And then the last one I thought was original batch because it was a little thinner with some oak, but given your tasting notes on these, 
I'm just mentioning that for giggles, but I, I don't think <laughs> any of it's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm baffled by this, honestly. I mean, these were all open bottles that had been open for, you know, at least a little bit, and there were fresh cracks, but... Are you saying we're going to have to do this again with fresh cracks? Not necessarily fresh cracks, just somebody that doesn't... Um, Mess up their own blind? Crack the, the blinding, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the safe thing to say, though, is that out of these, we... Are- also, is 1870 a lower proof than Baldwin Bond? Yes. It's it's ninety proof. Very strange and off putting all around. Yeah. The safest thing to say to kind of close that out is that you can't go wrong with nineteen twenty. <laughs> I, I I mean I think that's kind of everybody's verdict on that, and I think it ring, rings true now even that the one that we always kind of agree on is that nineteen twenty out of the Whiskey Row series. Yeah, and even though it is a higher price point, it's five bucks. Also, it's a higher proof. So if you don't like high proofers, you can still buy that one, add a few drops, add a cube, whatever you want to do to it, then you're getting more bang for your buck. Um, yeah, we don't care how you drink it as long as you like it. So, I mean, in, in regards to that, or, you know, if you're mixing it with other things, you're going to have less alcohol content once you put in ice mixers, etc. That's still going to you know, put off the most flavor to add that component to what you're doing. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't see a problem with 1920 by any means. I, I think it's pretty safe to say, like I said, we agree on the 1920. That's my verdict on this. Sorry I messed up the blind. We also want to make sure before we close out, we thank everybody who was a part of our Father's Day contest. Thank you for taking the time to post the pictures. Uh, say something about Dad's Drink of Bourbon. We really appreciate it. Please keep listening. Please go ahead and find us on your favorite podcast provider. Write us a review. Don't just put five stars in there. Please write us a review because people will look at that as they're trying to find a podcast to listen to and they want to know what you like about us. You could also find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. And find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Always oh, in, well, most times in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and to the note of the Father's Day contest, since this will be, uh, you know, after the fact. I really hope somebody or bodies has a, a significant other that's playful enough to also take a picture of the person taking the picture and or the, the best John Edwards-esque pose as he's trying to snap the perfect picture of a glass pour, bottle, etc., and what the rest of the world sees, thinking, what is he doing? I hope somebody posts a <laughs> lot of pictures of ETL for you. A picture of Dad's Trick of Bourbon, Glen Karen with an ETL? Only if they show a drain behind it. So are you saying that eventually we should do a contest that people should do their best impressions of us and get a picture taken of them doing their best Zeke or John. I'm just saying you, John, I've seen you trying to snap these pictures and, and the work you go into on these things. I I would love to see you know the lens, quote unquote, of a significant other or, or an innocent bystander of what is he doing? Well, I hope the people appreciate it. 
<laughs> that being said, I think we have what our next contest is going to be. So at some point, we will do something where we do our best, where we ask people to do an impression of us. <laughs> it's going to end very badly. I know it will, but we we have thick skin. Anyways, you guys have a great night. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Thanks again, and uh, you know, one day we'll try to botch something up. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Hey, that's mine.